0: Well, hello everyone, welcome to the Faith Focus Weekly Discipleship Podcast. I'm very excited for you to join us today, and before we get too far into it, I just want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast, whether you're on YouTube or one of the many audio platforms for podcasts. Making sure you subscribe ensures that you get a new episode every week, and that you can stay up to date with that. Well I'm really excited today because today I get to start talking to members of our congregation to hear from some of their stories and hear about the things that God has done in their life. So that's why I'm sitting here today with Kevin Zanker. I've known him for several years now since I've been at Faith Covenant and I've known him through a variety of things that'll kind of come out in the conversation. So welcome Kevin. So it's, don't get too confused. Thank we you. have Kevin and Kevin, different names. Different, different people different spelling yeah yes. <laughs> <laughs> very different people yes. so um but i'm very excited for kevin to join us so kevin uh, the first thing i just would like to know a little bit about who you are where you're from a little bit about your family
1: yeah well first uh thanks for having me on this podcast i mm-hmm. was really surprised when you asked me to be <laughs> on here like who wants to talk to me right i do yeah, yeah I, I think do. the
0: congregation has a lot to learn from you
1: yeah well um a little about myself um so i was actually born in Iowa. Okay. Uh, But when I was, I believe, five years old, we moved to Omaha. So I pretty much grew up in Omaha. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, went all the way through high school there. And, um, you know, we went to a Lutheran church uh, there in Omaha. And it's pretty much you had to go. (laughs) And uh, I went through three years of confirmation, Mm -hmm. uh, seventh through ninth grade. So to me, that was kind of something to, to get through mm-hmm. and kind of as you went through the final test and get confirmed and then it's kind of yeah. <laughs> You're done. Yep, and a lot of that was left in the past. Yeah um, So, you know, I, I think uh, my parents especially my dad for kind of you know getting us to go to church and I have two younger brothers and uh, um, You know it kind of you know got me exposed to that, but I never really had like a personal relationship mm-hmm. uh, with Jesus at, at that point or or anything, um, end up uh, getting. A, I was actually in the convenience store business mm-hmm. back in the day. I was actually when I was 19, I was managing a convenience store. Oh wow! And I got a promotion, and I was actually running a truck stop. Oh wow! <laughs> in, in Grimes, Iowa, just outside of Des Moines, um, mm-hmm. uh, a few years later. So, um, you know in my young twenties, I was doing that, and then another promotion in 91 brought me up to Minnesota where I was actually supervising anywhere between like seven or ten convenience stores. Wow. So it kind of moved up the ladder from you know being a cashier to assistant manager manager Mm -hmm. up to being a supervisor. It was quite interesting but it's being in retail, uh, being available back in the day when you used to have a pager on your hip. (laughs) Yep. That was very stressful. Oh yeah. Very stressful. Um, But anyway that's what brought me up to Minnesota.
0: Yeah. So is Minnesota where you ended up meeting your now wife or did you meet her previously in Iowa?
1: I actually did meet her here. So okay. we um, I was leave, living in Eden Prairie at the time uh, 1994. So we had our first date on May 21st. Okay. I did not have to look that up. It's still <laughs> in here and uh, she actually lived in Owatonna at the time. I was in Eden Prairie and believe it or not by November we were already engaged.
0: I I believe that. that, that, that was yeah cuz I just told you. Yeah. <laughs> well, my parents got engaged after 6 weeks of dating. So wow. 6 months is a good amount of time. I mean, my parents had known each other for years at that point, but
1: yeah. So, so an interesting story <laughs> behind this. Um so we got engaged, we set a a wedding date of August 5th the next year. Mm-hmm. And she had a chance to put in for application for a transfer, you know, once we got married she was going to move up to the cities and she was told that this is going to take a while so you're going to want to put in that application now that I believe was like early December to hopefully time it out, to, you know, around August after we're married that you can move up. So she did that and I think in less than a week or two it was approved. Oh, wow. So she had to move up really uh, uh, quick, you know, yeah. you, you can't say no because that opportunity might not be there. Sure. So here we are in mid-December and we said, well, if we're going to move up here, I guess it kind of makes sense that we'd live together, but we didn't want to live together if we weren't married. Sure. So we actually went to a judge with her, her uh, my mother-in-law and, and a friend and got married on December 21st of that mm-hmm. same year. Now to backtrack just a little bit we were already um, going through premarital counseling with the mm-hmm. pastor um, I, I can't remember how frequently it was but we had already gone through a couple sessions we didn't tell him that we had did this <laughs> till after the fact so we didn't like give his permission or anything <laughs> oops. oops so he was kind of like big-eyed when we told him that <laughs> so we're
0: actually married now <laughs>
1: uh, yeah we're we're actually already married but we'd like to still have the church wedding. oh yeah no. Yeah, and so we still- want well, continue
0: with the counseling, too, I'm oh, sure, too, yeah, because that's we, great preparation.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, we definitely went through the, uh, the counseling all the way through that. Mm-hmm. Um, he still decided to marry us in <laughs> August where, you know, we had family around and had a reception sure. afterwards. So we have two anniversaries, <laughs> December 21st and August 5th. Nice. So...
0: You're not the only person that I know that's kind of had that double wedding situation, so, but I won't say who. Okay, <laughs> um, maybe another but yeah. episode. <laughs> <laughs> another episode, perhaps, but yes. yeah. So, and this, then you and Chris, your wife, you have one son, correct?
1: Yeah, we, we got Jacob. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just so blessed to have him. He is, he is very smart, well beyond uh, Chris and I as far as his, <laughs> his, his how smart he is. Mm-hmm. Um He just got a, a job with the National Weather Service. He's out in Glasgow, Montana, which I found out a while ago is the re- most remote place in the Lower 48. So it's the furthest away from any big cities.
0: Oh, uh, interesting! I would have I would guess I would have guessed, guessed Wyoming, but Montana does make sense. It's, it's just for so the big. north. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 So there's. And you know it's smaller. It doesn't have a Walmart. So oh, okay. Yeah, so that's how small it is. It doesn't <laughs> that's out that there. Handle. That's out there.
0: Yeah. So um is that it, like Western Montana, Central? It's Northeast. North. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. That area is.
1: Yeah, it's actually yeah. arid and has cactus out there. Oh, I never knew. And, that. And like there, I've driven through that area, but yeah, but I there's I didn't no yeah cactus. no no mountains or anything on that part of Montana.
0: Yeah, Eastern Montana is basically a continuation of North Dakota. I think. <laughs> In terms of geography, it's just nothing. Yeah.
1: Well, he does like the mountains, so at least he's closer. Closer. To yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So, um, yeah, that's it, just the, the three of us. So we've been empty nesters pretty much for five years, ever since he went to college to uh, North Dakota.
0: Yeah, so you got your house back, your lives back kind of <laughs> after. <laughs> well, he, he never he was good took kid. it,
1: yeah. yeah. We, we- them, yeah. And then sometimes we
0: don't. <laughs> it's, I'm sure my parents feel the same way. <laughs> Thankfully, I my parents don't have quite as far to travel to get to me. But Yeah. Um, well, I know a few years ago, I think you said it was back in 2003, um, you had some health issues. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I, I had um, been diagnosed with Crohn's disease. It's mm-hmm. uh, a digestive disease, inflammatory type disease. And um, I was having issues, all kinds of issues, uh, low energy, uh, loss of weight, bloating, severe pain, uh, throwing up. Um, it was just a horrible way of life. Yeah. And, um, you know, there were some medications that worked for a little bit, but after a while they just wouldn't. And the determination was that the scarring in sections of my intestines were so bad that... Um, they just couldn't open them up with the medication to yep. take away inflammation. It was just real bad. They, so just imagine, like your your intestines is a garden hose, mm-hmm. and then it goes down to like a stir stick size. Oh wow! And just all the complication that comes yeah. with that. So so
0: just not enough space for stuff to go. Yeah, through. Yeah.
1: So a lot of it backed up. There's a lot of pain involved when mm-hmm. you know it's trying to get through, not getting the nutrients um, that I m- needed. I mean my get blood tests, my hemoglobin count would just barely be above zero. So, mm-hmm. you know, I could sleep, have a good night's sleep and wake up and just feel like I needed a nap again. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, so it, it was pretty hard. So the I went to God um, with uh, a prayer and I said, God, should I have operation because I, I know there is risk involved with that mm-hmm. obviously being put under and it's a pretty serious surgery. Sure. And then two, I, I know people have had the surgery and then they've had it again and again and again and mm. you know you're limited to amount of intestine Right. you have too.
0: Because the surgery was to remove that part of the intestine, Yeah, it, it was
1: a foot of intestine, and mm-hmm. then they, they were, were going to uh, restructure two other areas okay. where they could kind of cut it and turn it and then sew it up to mm-hmm. open it back up. So it's kind of these type of moments you remember where you are when you say those type of prayers and you get yeah. an answer, and I was actually lying down on the couch, mm-hmm. and I asked God whether I should have that operation, and immediately I got yes. Wow and it just blows you away and when you get an answer like that you go with it. Yeah, (laughs) I I mean how can you not right? So I went into surgery just total peace of mind. Mm -hmm. I'm not worried about it even if if I died or something I I had no worry about it. Um, So the surgery was a a success. I actually was symptom free for like a full year then some symptoms came back then I started taking some of the medication again, and it worked now because okay. the scarring wasn't there. Sure. My whole belief um, from God healing me was that I was to do physical things to help others. Mm, yeah. And as we'll talk about, <laughs> and we'll we'll see what those physical things <laughs> yeah. are.
0: Yeah. Well, and so I know because I think most of, many of you will know that Kevin's a pretty dedicated marathon runner. Um, I can't remember, did you get involved with running before you got involved with clean water, or did you get involved with kind of clean water stuff before running?
1: Uh, good question. So, um, back in 2007, mm-hmm. I committed uh, to go on a mission trip with Agua Viva to mm-hmm. Honduras, and that was to provide, you know, clean water access um, for, you know, a village down in the Honduras. So part of my preparation for that was, well, I got to kind of be in shape to do that, was yep. to start running. And I would actually would run with my. And you son. hadn't been a runner at this point, no. up to this point? No, not, no, <laughs> not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually, Jacob was my running partner a lot of the times, because he was doing pretty good. I mean, he was still in elementary school at that point. I guess he would have been eight years old. Mm-hmm. and uh, And we actually started doing some races, but it was like, one-mile, two-mile, 5k races. So it was just part of getting ready to go on these mission trips to Honduras.
0: Because mm-hmm. the Honduras trips are pretty labor-intensive.
1: <laughs> uh, yes, I mean, uh, just being in the heat, um, the, yes. you know, on the trenching <laughs> and you're shoveling. I know you know this too since you've been on those trips. It is um, very challenging in, in physically and, and other ways. So this was, was one of my ways uh, to prep for that is mm-hmm. just by running.
0: And so then so going to Honduras and getting involved with this clean water project, how did that kind of change your or did it change your perspective on things? And how did it make you see the world in terms of the clean water crisis?
1: You know, I, I, you have one of those moments or I had one of those moments. I was there where, you know, each ho- household there has to provide uh, one worker. Mm-hmm. In order for them to, to have access to the water. And I remember this young girl, Wendy, um, she was the one working. I mm. mean, a lot of the other ones is mainly men, but here was this young girl. She was a w- worker and she worked her tail off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and her energy level um, was just unbelievable. But uh, In that moment, I kind of imagine, okay, what if this was my family's reality? Yeah. What if Jacob um, had to go down to the Minnesota River and fetch our water? And that to me is totally unacceptable.
0: Yeah. Um, Because that probably is the distance that Jacob would have to walk from your house. Like your house is probably within six miles of the river.
1: Oh, oh yeah, yeah, definitely less yeah. than that. Yeah,
0: and six miles is kind of, or six, or six kilometers, kilometers is yeah. the average distance that a lot of people in the world have to go to get any water.
1: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I was kind of, you know, I was prepping for this and reading some notes. You think, what a decision you have to make is I'm gonna go get this water that's gonna make me sick, or I don't drink it and die. Yeah, no one should have to make that choice. Right, and. You know, before I left that that village, I knew I was going to be back and actually went on two more mission Mm -hmm. trips for water. Mm -hmm. So it's just what God had put on my heart. And that was the physical thing for me to be doing at that time to help others. Yeah. I mean, He healed me to do that.
0: Yeah. So then, so you had this disease, you had the surgery, it's successful. Um, You use that as a moment to kind of prepare for physical works. You get that in honduras so how do you get from that point of going on these mission trips and getting involved in bringing clean water to people to then getting involved with team world vision and running marathons yeah because <laughs> that's a big jump from like a 5k to a marathon <laughs> yeah
1: well, well kind of in between there our family actually went down for for a visit to honduras in 2012. um and uh visited uh the smokes mm-hmm. there, there so larry allison and then
0: and for any of you works. wondering um the smokes are a family in honduras that faith covenant supports as a mission outreach um wonderful wonderful people
1: yes so you know not only you know i'd already experienced a uh, be down there but they have my you know chris and jacob also to experience that too and you know be able to see people carrying water jugs or five gallon buckets of water mm-hmm. i mean it's it's a reality and to see that, you know, in person just hits you hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So in 2013, back when we had those orange pews (laughs) there at Faith Covenant, um, we we had uh, some people that did a presentation for Team World Vision and kind of preface that is I'd actually told Chris before, I had no interest in ever running half marathons or marathons. <laughs> I'd be totally bored. It'd take up too much time. But they did that presentation, and the Holy Spirit told me, you're going to do this. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, I don't care that you don't want to do it. <laughs> you're going to do it. Yeah. And, you know, like that time I was on that couch praying about this surgery, I said, okay. Mm-hmm. I actually just signed up for a half marathon that year. And um, next year, I did a couple half marathons, and then it wasn't until 2015, when I was 50 years old, that I ran my very first marathon.
0: Wow! So you're never too old to run a marathon. Kevin is proof of that. And so, what was what was your, your time on your first marathon? Do you remember?
1: Uh, yeah it um, it blew me away. <laughs> so
0: he blows most people away at marathons. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So my, my goal going in you know, was to be under three hours and, and some of my half marathon times made that to be realistic. I ended up running two hours and 50 minutes my first marathon.
0: <sighs> this just makes me mad. Cause so for some perspective, for folks who don't run marathons, like my average, pay, my, my fastest marathon was four hours and nine minutes. So his first marathon at age 50 was an hour and 20, uh, yeah an hour and 20 minutes better than the best i've ever done and i have and like i consider myself a mediocre marathon runner like i have friends that are much faster but also friends that are jealous of me and how quickly i run marathons so i mean that's an incredible pace what like what for the a 250 finish what kind of average pace per mile does that average out to be that's
1: about a six minute thirty second pace <sighs>
0: I think I could maybe do one mile at, pay, at that pace, but not more than
1: that. Well, I, I know from your perspective, and I have to think that for other people and, and their gifts, is to be careful not to be uh, jealous or envious of other people's gifts. Yes, very true. You've run an Ironman. Yes. And great for you for doing that, but I don't see myself doing that, <laughs> nor do I envy you for doing that. But, you know, but I keep those...
0: telling him he could probably do an Ironman better than I could, but... But yes, you're right. I mean, it's easy to be envious of other people's gifts. But that's what an incredible thing to discover that you can run that quickly at 50 years old when you don't have a history of, of running. That's that's an incredible God thing right there.
1: Uh, definitely. I mean, all glory to God uh, for that and the journey He he's, he's brought me on. You know, people have sometimes asked, well, you know, what could you have done when you're in your 20s or something like that, you know? And I said, you know, maybe there was a little bit of hint of that gift then. But at that time, um, before I was a believer, I don't think I would have done it for God's glory. I would Mm. have been doing it for myself. Yeah. Um, And he would be more glorified as he brought me along this journey to that point. Yeah. um, That let him know for sure this is God's doing it, not my own. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Well, so then, so that's when you, so 2013 was when you first got involved with in Team World Vision. You ran your first marathon with Team World Vision in 2015. Um, so for those of you who don't know what Team World Vision is, can you explain a little bit about what that is and why you run marathons with them?
1: Yeah, so Team World Vision is a part of World Vision and they're, their goal is to um, have endurance events where they have participants that uh, raise money to help bring clean water access to people for life. So their kind of motto is for $50 you can provide clean water access to another for life. So we're out there doing the hard things, running <laughs> marathons, and we invite other people um, to help um, you know, bring a clean water access to others all while World Vision is a Christian organization of course and they're uh, sharing the gospel to those that they serve you know where they're providing water. Mm
0: -hmm. And so this is kind of how I got to know Kevin was through Agua Viva, that same group that went to Honduras because we met at different Agua Viva events and then we also got to know each other through Team World Vision, through group runs and um, different events for that as well. Um, I got involved with Team World Vision 2014. So, um, so
1: you actually ran a marathon before me,
0: yeah. (laughs) You've done much faster than I have. (laughs) Like, I, whenever, like, anytime it's marathon day that we're both running the same marathon, like, I hit a point probably when I'm at like mile 15. I'm like, Kevin's probably done now, (laughs) and I still have 10 miles to go, (laughs) but again, they're you know, it. I can't be jealous. like I shouldn't be jealous of that because God has enabled us in different ways um, but part of what God has also enabled with you is just is this uh, fundraising ability that has increased for the years um, what has that been like to see God grow the amount of dollars that comes in through your efforts
1: yeah as challenging as um, training and running a marathon is Fundraising is equal, and for some yes. people, even a bigger beast. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's just something that um, it's a skill, it's a gift that's kind of grown through the years because I didn't raise that much uh, to begin with. Um, but a big thing that Team World Vision says never say no for anybody. Yeah. Don't deny them the opportunity to be a part of a solution. Yes. And so though I do, may do um, social media posts, um, I will email people, I will text some people, I will meet people in person, um, but I try not to be a pest about it, <laughs> try to spread it out a little bit. It's, but it's it, a
0: hard line to know where that is with each different person it, too. It, it
1: is, but that, that's actually part of my prayer life too is yeah. Knowing when to pause to give it a break and when to ask or even to specifically ask someone um, about it. I actually had once um, someone I felt urged to ask them to donate two thousand dollars, and they did. Wow! So that was a specific ask. Yeah. And they did, but
0: you know. And how did that number? How did you come up with that number? I don't even remember if
1: if it was. You know, to get to a certain level or goal or something like that. I don't recall that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I just remember, you know, I had a specific person to ask, and and they did. Um, what's really amazing about this? I mean, this is my tenth tenth year with them, and and just there's people that have been with me the whole time. Mm-hmm. They'll give um, year after year, multiple times within yep. a year. And there's just such beauty in that, you know, that, you know, I can be running. there's people that are donating, there's people that are encouraging, there's people that are mm-hmm. praying for me, um, you know, family that are supporting me. And just seeing that all to go- come together is just pure beauty to yeah. me. Um,
0: well, I, part of what's beautiful of that too, is that there are so many different roles. So somebody who can't donate $2,000, can still be praying for you and that's just as as vital.
1: Oh yes and, and I definitely I mean I had, I had someone to say you know I can give you a check for $26 I know it's not that much and I said you know what please don't say that it, it means everything. It adds up. It definitely adds up every little bit adds up so yep. no gift is too small that's for yep. sure.
0: Well that just reminds me of the story in the gospels about the widow with her two coins that she gives jesus says she gave everything she had like these pharisees or these rich people they're giving all this and like great but like sometimes that smallest gift makes the biggest impact on people yeah it's just incredible
1: i mean to me it's 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 not the amount, it's the the faithfulness to god and what he wants you to do yeah and that's the most important thing
0: yeah one, well, you've experienced a lot of God's faithfulness through, through the journeys. So um, I know part of what, what's incredible about what you do is um, the discipline that it takes to be able to run the way you do. It, that's a pretty high level of discipline with you know, consistency of workouts and the kinds of workouts and the diet and all that. Um, and how does that for you, how does that kind of correlate to spiritual discipline?
1: Yeah, that's a, a good question because you know with the both of them, physical and and spiritual, um, it it does take a lot of discipline. And you know a lot of this stuff you think ahead of time. Boy, this seems like a hard workout, or this is a challenging, um, you know, um, uh, you know study that I'm going through. But on the backside, I never regret mm, yeah. going to the gym, going for a run, going to a Bible study, spending time with God, mm-hmm. and I kind of remember that. You kind of think like a marathon. Well, during a marathon, you're, a lot of times you can go through regrets. I know I do about this. This is really hard. I want to quit. <laughs> yep. But I never regret it once, once it's, it's over. It's, once it's over. Yeah. So a lot of times you just gonna kind of keep your eye you know, on the prize, so to speak, or of the end, and knowing that great growth will come mm-hmm. through that discipline.
0: Yeah. And um, I just lost my train of thought. Um, so we've kind of talked around it a little bit, but, you know, it, something like your, your ability to run is a resource, and it's a resource to be stewarded. And so that's a conversation that I've kind of heard you say a lot of times is kind of Stewarding your ability to run and stewarding your time wisely and stewarding your resources wisely um, What is what is that all? How does that all work for you in terms of stewarding this gift?
1: Yeah, I mean stewarding um, is really kind of essence of my life in so many different ways. Hmm. Um, let me share something that happened in um, 2012 so um Chris uh, was out of work and she had applied for a job in the uh, school district 196, Eastview specifically for a paraprofessional. And we were getting close to go on that uh, mission trip or down to see the, the smokes in Honduras. That was in August that year. So this was a few weeks before that and there was a verse that we decided to live out, and let let me share that. I was out of Malachi. So this Malachi 3.10, it says, "'Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, "'that there may be food in my house. "'Test me in this,' says the Lord Almighty, "'and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven "'and pour out so much blessing, "'there will not be room enough to store it.'" Mm. So in that verse, there is trusting God. Mm. So we decided um, leading, you know leading up to uh, that time, that we were going to tithe as if she had already received that job. Wow. <laughs> so uh, you know, that's I, a big leap of faith. <laughs> that is a big leap of faith. So you know, whatever percentage we were doing then, we started tithing as if uh, she was going to get that job. Um, we went on the trip to Honduras um we had no communication um to back here when we got back um she had a message that she had gotten the job wow.
0: that's so awesome
1: <laughs> so she's now since then has been a paraprofessional at eastview high school mm-hmm. so i mean that's that verse yep. you know um with, with flesh you know we lived it out and um it's just awesome how God rewarded our faithfulness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we weren't look, We, I mean, we we're hoping for that, but our, our but you job was sure to be it. faithful and do the tithing before yeah. we knew that she had the job. We had no idea.
0: That's awesome.
1: <laughs> um, you know, where we live, we live in a town, townhouse. It's pretty small, two bedrooms, um, but we know by keeping uh, the cost down of living, uh, we can tithe more. We can help mm-hmm. others. We have more margins to help others. You know, we got out of debt quicker, mm-hmm. uh, out of our mortgage, and so we allow that. Um, and like I said, it's steward with the time, you know, always kind of leaving margins for stuff that comes up to be able to help. It just, I just don't like to be continually busy. I don't mind being busy, but I need those margins just right. to want to relax for myself I'd be able to help others. Yeah.
0: And part of why I've always been impressed with your stewardship is because since he is so fast, um, he easily qualifies for the Boston Marathon, which is like, you know, the world's most renowned marathon, or Probably the world's heart. It's probably the hardest one to get into, I would think, right? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, So he easily qualifies it for my age group and for your 50s age group no question that he'd be in if he wanted to be in but every time i ask about you doing that or doing iron man you're very specific about like i don't feel called to do that i I feel i led to use my resources my time my energy my money in a different way so how do you feel like how is it that god gives you that kind of clarity does it come as like a a message to you does it come through other people through scripture how do you kind of receive that level of clarity that's, discernment.
1: Yeah, that's just um, through prayer time. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's been other opportunities to um, do like Hood to Coast or go to London or Berlin or or a vision trip mm-hmm. uh, down in Africa with World Visions in years past. And one, doing the vision trips, being that I've been to Honduras so many times, i felt that. Um, you know, if I've experienced, um, you know, people that have had uh, not had access to clean water. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as uh, the funds, I guess I've never had the fear of missing out. No FOMO <laughs> on any of these races, which, you know, surprises um, some people. Um, but I just feel with a lot of those trips, there's cost involved. Mm-hmm. And my feeling is that. I could use that money towards better things than going and run a race and the air travel and the hotel stay yep. <laughs> and, and all that. So I try to keep it local, so mm-hmm. I've only run Twin Cities Marathons, Fargo Marathon, Grandma's Marathon, so all within a four-hour drive. Mm-hmm. What I also like to do is um, with my fundraising and kind of the, the team I talked about before was to get people to interact with. So any of those races I've, I've had friends that have been on the course to cheer me on mm-hmm. um, so and it's easier for people to follow me. But then also I like do birthday runs. Yes, so he does these. <laughs> so that's every, um, I think it's been six years now, first Saturday in April, um, which is close to my birthday, I'll run my age in kilometers. But It means it gets
0: harder every year. Yes, it does.
1: (laughs) I get a year older and it gets a kilometer longer. But I break it up into segments of walking and running and then I have people that sponsor uh, those segments. I go their pace, Mm -hmm. not my pace.
0: Which most people can't hit his pace. (laughs) I tried once, it didn't work.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you did run with me on uh, I think it was a 53 or 54 mile run for a part of it remember, I don't remember yeah because I, I did that yeah the time
0: I remember running with you was when we went to is it Terrace Oaks Park yeah yeah, yeah. we did a trail run and I think I got a hole in my shoe on that run which I, they'd been wearing for a long time yeah but, so it was time to get new ones but but you and yeah.
1: Carlos came down to the Sakata Trail once in the late fall
0: yes now yeah. I remember that yeah I remember that one now
1: yeah you, you guys helped yeah. start me off for that yeah,
0: I I regret how far I ran with you because then I wasn't as in shape as I thought I was. So then I had a really long run.
1: Back. Yeah, you had to drive back. To back.
0: <laughs> if yeah, there was someone that,
1: there to drive you back.
0: Yeah, that was kind of a poor choice to go as far. But I didn't regret it after. I regretted it during, but not after. Kind of like so, you said earlier. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So you, all your races are close by. You do your birthday runs, um, within the local areas. Yeah,
1: I've done a few times where um like on the glo- uh, Global 6K where we've done water walks mm-hmm. with a jerry can. Take an empty jerry can, go to a pond, fill it up, and then we've taken turns carrying it back. Yeah. Um, and just how that hits to know how physically challenging that is. Oh uh, yeah. Because those water cans full are close to 50 pounds. Mm-hmm. And I know being in Honduras, um, hearing reports from uh, people that have been in Africa, you're seeing Children, girls, yes, carrying these things yeah. on top of their head, and just to get it there is a challenge for me. Let alone carrying it for, yeah. you know, miles. Mm-hmm. So just that impact is, you know, it will never go away. Yeah.
0: Well, and part of what's so, I mean, you know, shocking, disturbing about that that these kids are doing these water walks is that that means. Like not only is the water itself not healthy, but the time that it takes them to do this for their families is time that they're not in school. And like education is one of the number one ways to move out of poverty in a lot of these contexts. And so that's part of why clean water is so vital. It's not just about clean water for the health benefits. It's also the education as well which is a huge part of it.
1: And, and to add to that, you think of the, the, the parents, then they have the access to water, then maybe they have a garden they can have close by, mm-hmm. and then they can get income off that besides food for the, yeah. their family. So it just expands you know, as far as the benefits. I, I just a quick story in regards to that, I've, I've heard where, where there was not clean water access of women who were pregnant, had to go collect their own water, that was the water they were going to have uh, where they're at a clinic or something for their birthing experience to wow. have dirty water. So imagine that cleaning your newly born child with polluted water. Yeah. And within four days. Well, and cleaning she,
0: yourself too, and oh, you're yeah. medically vulnerable after giving oh, birth. Oh, definitely. Yeah.
1: And within four days, you know, they have the baby on the front and they're back with the jerry can or bucket on their back. Yeah. You know, four days after giving birth. Again, that's just not acceptable to me.
0: Oh no! Well, I mean, it's just so far beyond our reference of what is normal. Because, mm-hmm. like, even in my where I was living with my parents, I counted how many clean sources of water, how many sources of clean water are in my home. And even now in my condo that I live in, I have my kitchen sink, the two bathroom sinks, two shower heads, two bath faucets. So that's seven sources of clean water within. You know a few hundred square feet that's and that's totally normal for us but that's when you think about the global context that's an extreme level of luxury and we just can't even fathom that
1: <laughs> M- might I add that the water that goes in your toilet is drinkable
0: yeah well and I've, I've also thought about that so then and- so then that brings it up to nine. And then I could think of, you know, the washing machine. You could probably drink that somehow. So that's a 10th source, the dishwasher, 11. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just in my home, there's possibly up to 11 ways to get clean water in a relatively small space. And there's how many units in my building, uh, you know? Yeah. And so, I mean, just not having clean water is so foreign t- to most of us and, you know, that's, I mean, the Honduras experience, you know, I've, I have had a very similar experience of just realizing, wow, this has so many domino effects through a person's life if they don't have clean water. It's mm-hmm. it's staggering. Um, Some of the last questions. What What are some of the, maybe the, what is maybe the greatest gift and the greatest challenge of your running ministry so far?
1: You know, the, this one I had to think about because um, there's so many things. So, um let me just take a quick look at my. I'm nose.
0: still realizing gifts when I got, like, a couple of nights ago, I was receiving a gift in my run from God. I was just like, oh, wow, this is teaching me again. <laughs>
1: so, the greatest gift, um, you know, this isn't counting, Who I don't know the impact, you know, with Agua Viva, but um, so far with my um, almost 10 years of Team World Vision, um, 1,574 people ever receive clean water access
0: that's staggering so
1: that's the greatest (laughs) gift of the running ministry by far um something i mentioned before is you know i don't know if you're just asking for one thing but um i guess then this is a tie for first maybe just the team aspect of team world vision that i kind of talked to before just whether it's teammates donors people that pray encourage help on the course whatever just the beauty of all that,
0: yeah, um, is really good. And Over just, the years, I've often thought of Team World Vision as kind of its own church in a way because we're out there doing ministry. Because you know, that's just we're being the hands and feet of Jesus. That is the church. Like that's that's what it is. <laughs> exactly,
1: uh, and you know, in just general, living out Scripture by serving Jesus, mm-hmm. and, and you know, that brings me to um, another Scripture verse that. Um, you know Matthew 25:35, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat, I mm-hmm. was thirsty and you gave me something to drink, I was a stranger and you invited me in, so the, I was thirsty and you gave me s- something to drink. Um, so I think of, you know, that number I just shared that I'm serving Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's know kind of look how the timetable has moved with, you know with the healing the, the revealing of the gift and in reality I'm I'm serving him giving him mm-hmm. glory yeah. you know, through the running
0: and so then what what would you say the greatest challenge has been over the years
1: yeah um,
0: challenge. I mean any marathon is a challenge <laughs> yeah oh did I just bump the camera I think I maybe did let me just check that okay we're good we're good <laughs> so biggest challenges
1: um you know i i think physically and mentally the biggest challenge was uh the 54 mile run i did Mm -hmm. um you really want to give up which
0: 54 miles if you're wondering is that's twice the distance of a marathon plus a A little bit yeah Yeah. (laughs) close (laughs) yeah
1: so you know, I'm sure I was, I was having I was having foot issues. I remember having a big bruise inside my foot. I, I know my Achilles were, was really hurting, and but there's beauty in that too because it really drawed me closer to God and to mm. pray through. You know, sometimes step by step. Yes. Even if it was walking at the time or taking a break, that I had to rely on God for me to get me through that. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's in those challenges. That you um, really draws you closer to God. Mm-hmm. So, I guess that was my biggest challenge.
0: Yeah, uh, I I feel like I've had similar challenge, not on a 54 mile race, but yeah, it's amazing the way that God, you know, reveals Himself on long runs. <laughs> like it's there's all sorts of things. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely have had um, other times during races. I mean, I do have some issues uh, later in some marathons where a calf wants to cramp up and stuff like that. There's a, actually a, a real good story about that in 2018 Twin Cities Marathon. Uh, I was doing really good, coming up summit, which is you know a hill getting towards the end, I want to say around roughly mile 23. Mm-hmm. I just passed um, Natalie Olson. I think maybe she was with Christian cheering. I don't know who else was with her. but my right calf locked up on me cramped up. So I actually stopped, kind of massaged it, and kind of prayed through it. And then from there, I took off. Mm -hmm. And actually had my fastest splits the rest of the race. Wow. It was unbelievable. (laughs) I mean, God answered prayer right there on the course. And that still is my PR Mm -hmm. um, from that race. It was 249.11. Well, I went and afterwards, I kind of realized that. You know what? I remember Pastor Natalie, um, you know... Right before I had that issue, so I went back to her. Said, "Did you see me stop in that?" And she said, "Yeah." Did you pray for me? Yeah. <laughs> God answered
0: our prayers. Yeah. Right at that moment. Yeah. Because uh, and again, that's that team aspect.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, not only was she out there cheering, but she saw I was having issues and and she prayed for me and mm-hmm. and God answered. I've never had it where I've had those type of issues and then. Had no cramping the rest of the race. Wow! <laughs> For it to just go away, it's yeah. Just
0: cramps don't usually just go away. No, 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 they don't. <laughs> you got to work them out, and yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, what is the maybe? The, this is probably almost a very similar, too similar question. But what's the biggest thing you've learned um, through all of this?
1: Um, can I share a story? Absolutely. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love your stories. <laughs> this. I mean, part of it is me, but it's a story, and unfortunately, I don't remember the author. I think I know it is, but I don't know for sure. Um, This is called Gracefully Broken, Okay. Um, and this is not me. This is someone else's experience. I was in Dollar Tree last night, and there was a lady and two kids behind me in the long line. One was a big kid, and the other one was a toddler. The big one had a pack of glow sticks, and the toddler was screaming for them. (laughs) The mom opened the pack and gave him one which stopped his tears. He walked around with it smiling, but then the bigger boy took it, and the toddler started screaming again. Just as the mom was about to fuss, the older child bent the glow stick and handed it back to the toddler. As we walked outside at the same time, the toddler noticed that the stick was now glowing, and his brother said, I had to break it so that you could get the full effect from it. The author says, I almost ran because I, I could hear God saying to me, I had to break you to show you why I created you. Mm. You had to go through it so you could fulfill your purpose. Yeah. That precious child was happy just swinging the unbroken glow stick around in the air because he didn't understand what it was created to do, which was glow. There are some people who will be content just being, but some of us that God has chosen, we have to be broken. We have to get sick, we have to lose a job, we go through a divorce, we have to bury a spouse, parents, best friend, or children, on and on. In those moments of desperation, God is breaking us. But when the breaking is done, and we will be able to see the reason for which we were created. So when you see us glowing, just know that we have been broken. That we have been broken, but healed by the grace and mercy. Hmm. And my title, my title for this is um, I was sharing this because I was broken by Crohn's disease. Yeah. And I couldn't say it better than what she said there. Out of the, you know what came out of that brokenness. Yeah. And how, um, God, had shown me my purpose. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people are looking for their purpose. I know my purpose. I 100% know my purpose, and I'm living it out. Yeah. And it is such a great feeling to have. Yeah. But I had to go through the brokenness to get there.
0: Well, that just reminds me of um, 2 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 10, where Paul is talking about the thorn in his flesh, and Mm -hmm. he keeps asking God to remove that thorn. But then Paul realizes, no, I'm... God is allowing me to have this struggle so that I rely upon God and so that I'm forced to really remember how much I need God every day. And so that to me has just been such a poignant theme in my life and I think relates so beautifully to that story. So oh. scripture's great, you guys. Um, it is. Yeah.
1: And <laughs> it can be put to song even better.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, what, what's something that because you listen to music too when you run, right? Or don't you? No, I do not. Okay. Oh yeah. Never. Yeah.
1: I like to be in tune to my surroundings. Yeah. And um, it's a good time to be in prayer Mm -hmm. and that too. So I don't need that distraction.
0: Yeah. When also I just remember like (laughs) for most marathon finishers and marathon runners, they don't mind if you listen to music because most people are not elite runners, but the elite runners, they actually do monitor somewhat, right, if you're listening to music, because in theory, you could time yourself, or like, Yeah, I, I that's did, why yeah, they I say did, they, yeah, I, yeah, I
1: don't know all that, um, because I, I don't, but I'm assuming that maybe they could get correspondence from right. other people or something yeah. like that, maybe somewhere else is on the course, yeah. so... Hey, so that's from the
0: So, like, they would actually monitor that for Kevin because he actually finishes marathons quickly, but they don't care. Well, I'm,
1: I'm, <laughs> I'm not that fast. I would be considered more like a sub-elite or something like that. So. Sub-elite, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> well,
0: and, well, like, you just ran Fargo, or no, Grandma's was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And your marathon time was 2.50. Correct. So he's getting, like, the same. He's not getting worse as he's aging. Like, <laughs> so it's... He's, he's an incredible runner <laughs> so. I,
1: I, and and you know what I I'm still not what God can do with me yeah I definitely look a lot older than I did when <laughs> I first ran my marathon I'm, I'm 57 now but if you just looked at my my times you wouldn't know it at all yeah and I just it's just a gift yeah and and I just give God all the glory for the gift
0: because yeah. th- there's no way that a person just can run that quickly i mean yes hard work is part of it but you also have to have a gift yeah to run that yes. at that level <laughs> yeah
1: yeah and, and and you know he's giving me the discipline to see it through you know some people may think well running is easy for you it's not <laughs> i i actually have fears uh doubts of my capability even of, of some workouts you know like i have an interval or I want to hit certain paces on my interval workouts on the track. That am I going to be able to do this? Mm-hmm. I have that. Oh yeah. So um, there's actually prayer that goes into that. You know, God protect me, keep me away from injury, mm-hmm. um, and help me to do the best of my ability that You've given me. Yeah. So
0: that's part I mean, of my prayer life. And I mean, technically, if you think about it, too, the faster you run the more likely injury is you know just when you increase the speed of anything like a car you know that increases the potential of damage
1: (laughs) yeah and and you see that actually in um you know if you're doing higher mileage too in your workouts yeah i actually used to peak at like low 70s uh uh, miles per week you know in in the marathon buildup so i was running like six days a week now i only run four days a week and my top weeks is like 55 yeah but instead of doing some of those slow slower eight mile recovery type days i now do cross training mm-hmm. um so that's a way to kind of keep the body still yes. healthy and, and take away a couple of days where i'm not you know running and yeah. taking the pounding
0: well yeah and i've noticed that too like the year where i did the most cross training was the year that my running was probably the best um But I haven't done much of that in the last couple of years. I need to get back into the cross training more strongly. But um, I thought I had one more question that I was just making up off the top of my head. Oh, yeah. So um, it'll be a week ago for the podcast, but it was two days ago for me. But I just recorded an episode of the podcast where I talk about how important rest is. Um, So and... You know for running at that level you have to be really intentional about rest as well So what does that look like for you?
1: You know one day a week usually it's Tuesdays um, Actually this week it's Friday <laughs> I give myself a body Sabbath mm-hmm. where I don't go to the gym. I don't run I, I don't do anything, you know physical besides me walking around or something like that yeah. and the other thing i do is i get lots of sleep i think i probably average about eight and a half hours of sleep nice so those things definitely keep me healthier and then taking that day off saying you know i'm trusting in you god and you gave me a day of rest to rest my body Uh, because as you get older you need more of that recovery time Mm -hmm. so i'm trying to work smarter not
0: harder yeah yeah one i I, because the reason i figured i thought so much about that was a couple nights ago I did an interval run where I did this will be repeat for anybody watching but I did three minutes run one minute walk and like that made me faster than not doing that to build in intentional rest so like I'm on this big intentional rest kick right now (laughs) so well, um, is there any other last bits of wisdom that you would just like to share with people? Just something you, related to anything, while I have you. Is there any last things that you want to share with our audience? Well,
1: you know, maybe we take this moment to quick look over our notes. And yes, see if go we ahead. Missed, missed I mean, anything. I think I got
0: everything I wanted to ask. But yeah, if there's anything else that you want to add about anything, this is your opportunity to just tell the world, these are the thoughts of Kevin Zanker. What would you... Do? <laughs> What would you like to say while you have the platform? <laughs> you,
1: you know, I, I really didn't get into, you know, how I became a believer.
0: Oh, that's right. Yes, I um, want to hear that.
1: Yeah, so I actually wasn't until I was an adult, till I, I was married, that I actually accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. And I, um, I give a lot of the credit to uh, Chris. She had given me um, kind of a New Testament study um, Bible calling Knowing Jesus Personally. Mm-hmm. And in front of there, there was um, I don't know if it, yeah, it's called four spiritual laws. I was actually bed, bedside went through the four spiritual laws and sec, accepted Christ as my savior. Then wow, so it wasn't until
0: adult that I did that. Yeah, so and you still had that church background because you talked about confirmation, but mm-hmm. for you it just wasn't a personal relationship with Christ up until adulthood. Yeah, there there okay. was
1: some some head knowledge and stuff like like that, but. You know that was you know pre-surgery that I had that, so that was kind of part of the continuum that mm-hmm. I guess I kind of skipped over. You know, <laughs> as far as my build-up. Yeah. You know, it was once I'd done that, and then you know the prayers, you know, for the healing and mm-hmm. you know everything else that we had talked about.
0: Yeah. Sounds good. Anything else that's on your mind or on your heart?
1: Uh, no. I th- I think that's. Uh, uh the gist of it um i think i got to share the the big stories that i mentioned so
0: sounds good yeah well we're very grateful that you could come and join us today and if you would like to support kevin in any way um you can search for him on the team world vision site um just type in kevin zanker where there's like a little fundraising bar at the top that says fundraiser search you can just type in kevin zanker for that and you can all if you're friends with him on facebook he also posts it there um, so yeah, you can support him financially with through Team Roll Vision on that. Also, I'm sure he would love your prayers. Um, anytime you want to go cheer on at the marathon, the marathon this year is October second in that's, Twin Cities. That's correct. Yep. So it's 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 seriously it's so much fun to go watch the marathon because you just I mean you just see incredible stuff uh, watching people run. It's so great. Um, so yeah, we would love it if you would make time for that. And I also want to say, starting next week, we have Uh, uh, episode, or excuse me, a podcast series of episodes about mental health that I'm really excited about. Um, I'll be having some guests join me to have some of those discussions, so please stay tuned for that. Thank you so much for watching or listening today, and we hope you have a wonderful day.